having me. <laughs> I'm very, very excited for today's episode. For those of you who do not know Jessica Ann, um, she is a punk rock priestess of business and she is really helping leaders really lean into being turned on by their business, enjoying business, practicing magic around business and expanding their results to an entirely new level as well. So I'm super duper excited to have Jess here. Jess is an old coach of mine as well, which is really, really cool. Um, so I cannot wait to yeah get into all things magic surrounding business and everything else in between. So for those who don't know you though, I know I've given a bit of an introduction. Jess, would you like to explain a little bit about yourself, um, You know who you are and what you do? Thank you. So... The big reason that I only recently, it was funny with Laura and I was like talking about, okay, how do I introduce you? I was like, well, the thing that keeps coming through for me, and this has been coming through for the last two years, was this idea of the punk rock priestess, which at the time felt ridiculous. Like, because I come from a corporate background, I've run other businesses, I've managed high performance teams. I'm like, punk rock priestess, where is this coming from? Is anyone ever going to take that seriously? <laughs> And I was like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I, I got to a point and it was funny. I just had Laura on my podcast, you know, subtle plug, Arcanum, go have a listen. Um, but it was this piece around, I desire business owners to show up in their full-blown expression. Mm. There is this piece in me that that is part of the magic that we get to bring through in the way that we show up, not only in our offerings in terms of us being in deep soul alignment with what we're speaking to and how we're teaching, but deep soul alignment in terms of how we're marketing ourselves and also how we're selling. And so for me, that is the essence of full business turn on. And for me, like I'm punk as hell. Like I have a glam mullet. I love when I am in that expression, when I'm playing, like some of the most deeply profound spiritual experiences I've had have been in mosh pits. So, (laughs) so for me, So for me, punk rock priestess encompasses that idea of your spirituality is unique to you, just like your business is unique to you. And how can we find the unique combination that fully ignites your fire so you can show up and serve the people that are waiting for you? Ooh, we love. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. And what was your kind of journey into leaning into this side of things? Because my sort of experience and perspective of you, when we first met you were kind of leaning more into um yeah like totally you were doing something totally different back in the day you were I remember you did a reading and you were leaning into the magic side of things and the and you were like getting into it but it wasn't like your whole jam what has been that experience of leaning into the more magic side of things the more business side of things um and helping people unlock their expression so the I think the time when we, we crossed paths when I was really diving into this world of energetics and wanting to pull through more of, of that in business and particularly yep. more of, I guess, the dark feminine expression of energetics in business, which is where magic comes into that domain because magic is very much about forming a relationship with 
unseen. So when I say the unseen, what I mean is the divine governing intelligence that exists in all things. If we look mm. right through to nature and we have our DNA strand, it is a unique double helix. It's a spiral. You look through to seashells, what's there? It's a spiral. There is this unique governing intelligence that we all have a relationship of, with, and regardless of whether or not we're aware of it, it's always influencing us. We're having this co-creative relationship. So for me, energetics was this idea of like, well, if this is affecting us everywhere else, why wouldn't it be affecting us in business? So mm. my desire was to plug people into that so they can start to harmonize with that idea of what wants to happen, what influences are working with me and through me, and how can I channel that to enhance my results? That is so fun. That's probably the best explanation I've ever heard of that. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> and I think that that was energetics in the way that I was practicing it. I later on come to find that so many of the facets of what I was bringing through really did have its its roots in magic. And mm. at the time, I again, a little bit like the punk rock priestess, I leant away from magic because I felt like everyone would just think I was talking about Harry Potter and Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I it was that idea of I want this work to be accessible. And that's one of the things I love about how Laura works is this idea that she's wanting this to be stuff that you can apply tomorrow. And yes. for me, at the time, I thought magic was too unapproachable. This is the story I was telling myself. It's too unapproachable. It's too hard to decondition the years or the centuries of stigma around this label. It's too hard for people to understand that this is something that they're already always doing. I'll just call it energetics and we'll just roll with it that way. And then when mm. I had people in my my web, in my network, I'd be like, you know, inevitably magic would come up because I think that that was always what was brewing in the undercurrents. And it just felt like a place that I could only feel safe to take people when I felt like they were ready. But what yeah. I've realized is that it's really not for me to gatekeep. So my desire is to de like, you know, to decondition the stigma around magic for people to understand that it's something that they're always doing. It's like um, I was having a really great conversation with Dane Thomas on my podcast the other week talking about the idea that most personal development is just magic repackaged. Literally. It's all the same thing. That's what I'm always saying to everyone. <laughs> I'm like every single thing, so you can stem it back. And especially because I study psychology, like so many of these concepts, I actually, you can actually intertwine, which is really mm -hmm. fascinating. Even the stuff around magic, even the stuff around manifestation, like there is such a backing in a lot of psychological practice and a lot of psychological theory, which is fa fascinating, but it's always been around. Like we're not creating, we're not inventing the wheel, we're not reinventing the wheel. Shadow work is not a reinvention. It's like an articulation of um, concepts that have been around for hundreds and thousands of years. Definitely. And like you look at all these pioneering thinkers and the people that were really bringing all these things through, like Carl Jung and yeah. Sigmund Freud and all of these pioneers, like Carl Jung was deeply fascinated by the occult yeah. and, and working with magic. So it was it was these ideas, these people had their finger on the pulse and then because of, of stigma and whatever else, these things kind of got buried. Yes. So a big reason why I lent into the idea of speaking into magic is that I feel that it's time for people to reclaim what is theirs. Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's really powerful. And so how can magic and the influence of the influence of magic in general, um, how can that influence someone's life? Just life in general. We'll go into business in a second, but like life in general, how can it influence someone's life? 
So as I mentioned before, in terms of the way that I I related to energetics, that idea of developing a relationship with the governing intelligence that exists in all things, that's what sits at the very heart of magic. Energy is the manipulation, energetics is the manipulation of the energy and those currents that exist there. And when Mm -hmm. I use the word manipulate, a bunch of people kind of get their back up. And what I just mean by manipulate is to have a relationship and agency and work with those things. Yeah. So magic is the next facet and dimension of that. So all we're really doing is we're looking to plug into this idea of, you know, me as this one little person in the galaxy, in the universe, what is it that is uniquely mine to do? And also how does that want to be expressed? Mm. So magic is at its core a deep plugging into soul's purpose. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So when you say a deep soul's purpose, how how have you defined, because how I've defined the deep soul's purpose is that it's sort of like we kind of have that choice prior to becoming coming into this world, right? And that is a choice that is made and that can, that can be shown through different lifetimes across the board, right? When we do energetic work and we kind of clear things from old timelines and all those bits and pieces. But how do you kind of define that soul's purpose and the uncovering of what that looks like? It's a big, meaty question. I do apologize. <laughs> I, I had two thought, like I had about three different thought forms coming at the same time and then I heard my washing machine turn off. So I was like, okay. Uh, so <laughs> just, just you know, bringing it back into the humanness. I One of the biggest, it's, it's the life, it's, it's part of the great work. It's like mm-hmm. if anyone listening has been curious about magic, you might have heard of something called the great work. Mm-hmm. It is this idea that we all have a role within the whole to play. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, we're all here to be our own unique expression of like almost like if we were playing a symphony, mm-hmm. it's that one note on the violin that one person is responsible for playing. We are that note on the violin. We have our unique note that we're meant to transmit as part of the symphony of life. Yep. So part of the great work is for us to align ourselves with our unique note and find our way there. Mm-hmm. So in terms of what that looks like, it can look like a lot of things. And this is one of the things that I feel part of why I love this idea of reclaiming the word magic is that for such a long time, there was one route. Particularly mm. if you're going to use the word magic with a K, it's like, okay, we're going to go to practice this specific discipline in this specific timeline in this specific way. But, you know, from what Laura's even spoken about in terms of working with manifestation, working with psychology, these are all ways of us beginning to decondition things that we've inherited to come back to that home note. Mm. Yeah. So self-awareness, self-development, personal development is all still part of stripping back the layers to coming back to that home note, which is your soul's purpose. Yeah. What magic does is it works with a series of tools that support you to expedite that process, one of which is astrology. You yeah. think about your natal chart, mm-hmm. there is a unique blueprint for the time you incarnated on this planet. Mm-hmm. So working with astrology is a way for us to actually begin to understand what our soul desired to express in this lifetime, that home note. Interesting. As one dimension of that. Yeah. I think my my life's thing is like a nine where it's all that spiritual evolution-y, evolu- evolution-y. Wow. Um, I remember learning about that being like, hmm, makes sense. <laughs> Based off of the work that I do, that makes a lot of sense. It, it is a big thing. And, that, you know, numerology is also another piece. There's so many disciplines. And that's why I feel one of the biggest things in terms of this 
great work and you becoming the full expression of your home note, hence why this whole piece for me is about full expression. Like mm. That is what leans into magic, you being your soul's expression, is um, is getting curious. Mm. It's like, and it's looking for those intersections, like even as um, Laura and I were speaking before, is that that idea of where we overlap spirit and business. It's like, where can we see these intersections and the integration of those things? Yeah. The more maps and models you have and more reference points you have for seeing yourself, the more you start to notice commonalities. Yep. Okay. So those are those pieces that I really invite people to get curious around. It's like, you know, for you being a manifesting generator, it's like, okay, cool. So I understand how that expresses itself in me. And also like, oh, I'm also an Aquarius and I have a hell of a lot of Aquarius in my chart. How do those two things overlap each other and how do they express? And slowly but surely we start to get a picture forming. (laughs) Hey, just rebelliousness, (laughs) just rebelling against everything. (laughs) The direction goes one way. I'm like, fuck that. I go the other. (laughs) Hugely so. And I think that's part of like, you know, that Uranus energy like, you know, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus. It's it's straight up rebellion. Yeah. So, and being a manifesting generator, you are here to do things differently. Mm. So it's like, oh, okay, it's part of Laura's design that is her home note is doing things differently. Yeah. So we start to collate and collect things through not only experience, but also research and exposure that start to give us that insight to the soul's calling. So that's one facet of that. The other side is connecting to your intuition. Beautiful. And how do you see, how have you seen the influence of magic um, impact your business and then even like uh, some of your clients as well? So my whole business was created from magic and that's not to say it, understate it because I came out of having scaled a successful business, which Mm -hmm. is 100% to the letter what I thought I was meant to be doing. It's like, okay, I followed the map, super strategic. I got to a point that I had such full client books, I was turning people away. I'd systemized the way that I did things so that I could get results while I was sleeping. Mm -hmm. Basically, the business was at a point that, you know, I should have felt like, great, I have achieved success. Yeah. I got there and then there was just something deep within me that felt like there is more here. There is something that is calling me into something else. So through a series of events, I walked away from that business and I started this one. However, what I'd learned in that peaking and then realizing it wasn't what I thought it was going to be is that what had been missing was actually what I wanted. Mm. I was going after what I thought I wanted and got it and then went, oh, this isn't it. So when I started this business, it was very much like, okay, if I'm going to dedicate my heart and my soul and all of my energy into this, I want to make sure this is actually coming from my truth and what it is that I want Mm. in my life. And that was when I met one of my dear mentors who introduced me to uh, working with magic and business. Mm -hmm. And it was through that process that I not only learned exactly how I wanted the business to be expressed, in terms of the structures coming from a business background obviously helped, but there was unique things that I was doing differently Mm. that would make things work so much more easily and keep it exciting. Cause that's the one thing that I find that happens often when we get super strategic is it gets really dry. (laughs) It absolutely can. (laughs) So having that magical underpinning, it means that I can navigate the growth of my business and all the facets thereof in a way that actually still feels alive Mm. and still has that sense of wonderment and curiosity and exploration yeah so that I feel that I'm constantly in a relationship and I'm growing with my business 
yep. rather than me having to bend it to my will or me having to lose part of myself in order to fit into what it is that I've created. Yeah, that's really interesting. What would you say with someone around, I think this is me just like being selfish and asking a selfish question, but I'm sure if I'm asking it for me, then other people are thinking the same thing. When you tune into that true desire and then that changes, because that's something that I've kind of navigated recently where there was a true yearning and a deep desire for something. And then that deep desire, then I feel like changed and is that something that you see commonly and how does one navigate that? Or is that just like, yeah, that's absolutely part of it. And that's part of the mission or the purpose um, evolving, if that makes sense. I feel that you've answered that really well. It is, I feel that there is often evolution in what it is that we're seeking. I, I even think about how my business has come to be at the point that it's at. Like if I think about how, in terms of a strategic person coming into my business, they'd be like, this woman has gone about it, ask about. Like in terms of somebody that was going to come in and be like, this is the steps that you take to get to the place. I have just gone full throttle into what was felt true for me and it's worked. So yeah. it's just like, okay. And then I've created the infrastructure behind that to sustain it. Mm-hmm. Sustainability is a big thing. Um, however, in terms of how these things have come through, I have often been given bites of insight that made sense for where I was at. Yeah. It's like if maybe when I first started and when I was having that experience with my mentor and working with magic, if it came through to me then, that's like, oh, by the way, you're going to be teaching this to people. I'd have been like, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like those bridge desires, those things that get us from A to B for us to maybe have gone down the garden path long enough to gain the perspective to actually truly appreciate mm, okay. what was underlying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, I see what you mean. Because, yeah, that's something that I've sort of felt has been really prevalent where there has been such an unfurling, which I could not have possibly seen nor imagined, um, which is really interesting. And so, something that I often say because I hear people say to me all the time, like, what is your purpose? Like, how do you know what your purpose is? Um, how do you know what that looks like? And similar to what you sort of said earlier today was that it's almost this, like, um, your own expression of how you influence, uplift and help others. I feel like it's all about everyone walking each other home, right? Mm. And I think that that's really fascinating. So if people are confused and they go, okay, well, how would I even fucking find out what my purpose is? I think that maybe even starting, is that a great place to start of? Like actually there could be something around service and how that looks and how that's expressed gets to be different to every single person. Does that make sense? Definitely. I think that the, the the call to service and being able to look outside oneself, mm. like if we even think about this idea of we only really experience ourselves through others. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, she has blonde hair. I have brunette hair. But if you had never experienced another brunette person in your life, you'd be like, well, maybe this is just how hair is. Yeah. So that ability to to see outside oneself and to see potentially where one has and where maybe someone else lacks or whatever, you know, to, to use really like polarized terms. But that ability to start to see yourself through others mm-hmm. is a really great way to start to gain reflection around around what's most true for you. And one thing that, and like, I, again, the podcast we just spoke about, like, I was like, oh, wait, no, that was our last conversation. We spoke a little bit about seasons before, yes. like this idea of, of the evolution of, of self. As someone that in a very dark period of my life completely lost myself to service, I feel that there is also a season where you need to be able to bring those things back home 
If you are totally living and defining everything you do, your worth, your value, how you live your life based on what you can give to others, it may be a season for you to reflect in terms of what do you want? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a, that was a big thing for me to actually come back and be like, okay, why is this valuable to me? What's Mm. in it for me? So if you have a default one way or the other, like the invitation is, okay, how could I, what would happen if I flipped the script? Pretty powerful. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really great way of looking at things. Absolutely. Because I I do think that it can so easily go from one way to the other, especially like if you have been in a space where you've burnt out a lot and I've had that experience, you can so easily then go into the shell of like, well, what does it all serve me, 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 And it becomes less about service and more about self-serving. And I've seen this, these sorts of undercurrents playing out a lot in the industry where it's kind of like um, the lack of boundaries that people used to experience, used to experience and now overcompensated with an, you know, over-exaggeration of boundaries, right? And almost like mean girl marketing and clubs and all sorts of crazy things that are happening and it's and it's interesting to like actually just sit with that question of like wherever I'm defaulting to how can I then flip the script so that it can either it it can just offer me a different perspective very interesting and that that's that piece like I said about multiple perspectives getting curious seeing yourself through different sides if you are someone that is by default a giver which most coaches are yes how can you then look at okay what what's in it for me like why am I you know spending hours behind a computer marketing myself why is it that I feel this urge to to serve to to what what's what is my big thing like how do Mm -hmm. I want my life to look if this all like if I lost all of this tomorrow touch wood that never happens for anyone listening um however it's like if I was to lose all of this tomorrow like what's most important to me and are those needs being met so powerful Mm. Because that's the other facet of self, right? It's mm-hmm. like it's that piece around that's also part of your home note. If you're completely shitting all over the things that are most important to you, that's also not sustainable in business. No, yeah. This is really making me look at things differently. I like this conversation a lot. <laughs> I'm just like in the middle of the podcast, oh, this is really cool. <laughs> I love moments like that because particularly as like Laura and I were saying, I'm like half the time I'm like, I don't even know what I just said, but good, good feedback. Excellent. Continue. <laughs> um, but I think that's a big part of why I talk about this idea of full business turn on. Mm. It's that piece around like, I want you to be so turned on by the life that you're living in the business that you're having mm-hmm. that when you're serving others, it's coming from this really lit up clean place where you win and your clients are winning together. It's yep. like everybody wins. What if we create a culture where there's not one or the other? Mm. Um, and how can we create this synergy of, of it all being like a, you know, beautiful infinity loop feeding one to the other? Yeah, very powerful. Mm. Very, very, very cool. I really like it. I really like it. Um, and so when it comes to like the practice of magic, if someone who is listening to this, because I know for me, the pra- I, I kind of like to like ease my toes in. Right. Like I think because I'd had the experiences with the spirituality, I'd done the psychic mediumship um, and I've like I've done some embodiment stuff, like having to go into the magic side of things. It's interesting that I like I really eased myself there. Like it wasn't it didn't feel like I deep dived into anything. And it also felt like a remembrance, which was really cool. Um, But 
I wouldn't know where to suggest for someone to start if they're like, yep, you know what, that's something that I want to have integrated into my work and how I'm operating. Where would you suggest someone started? So in terms of the reason that when I speak to magic is like, I feel like there's so many threads, like magic is like a whole discipline. It's like coaching. It's like, we want to talk about coaching and we've got like NLP, we've got embodiment, we've got all those pieces. Mm. Like magic has got so many facets. And like I said, at its core essence, it's about developing a relationship with that divine governing intelligence. So often where I'm getting people to start is, first of all, if you don't have a solid meditation practice, start there. Because magic and any magic, and I speak to, this is actually a point in the distinction, so I'm glad you asked me this question because it was something I said I should have spoken to that and I didn't, so I will now. So there's, there's two facets to magic. We have the magic that we perform to create a result. Mm -hmm. It's like, so say I'm going to do a magical ritual to manifest something. And then we have magic as, as a discipline of understanding and expressing self. So it's the same word, which is very great. English has got these same words that mean multiple things at the same time. However, ultimately what mostly we desire is that the magic that we're performing to manifest a result serves that soul expression. So they kind of feed in together. Um, but in terms of you beginning to because I'm assuming most people are going to be interested in more around the ritual side of things to manifest. Meditation is key because if you can't focus your awareness, you can't focus your attention, you can't focus energy. Mm, wow. Very cool. So start with a meditation practice, learn to still your mind, even if it's just meditating on a candle flame for five mm. minutes a day and build up your time there. And then the next thing would be to actually develop a practice of meditating on the tarot. Mm. Okay. So the tarot is a, a book in essence, uh, if you've not, like I'm, I know Laura knows what it is, but for those of you listening that haven't come across the tarot, the tarot is a pictorial representation of that divine governing intelligence that I was talking about before. Mm -hmm. So if you're meditating on the tarot, you are meditating and allowing your unconscious mind to become sensitized to imprints of that divine governing intelligence. Mm-hmm but it's required for you to be able to meditate first so that when you're meditating on the tarot cards, you're allowed to, you're allowing that focus and that freedom of, of um, the softening of the edges of the mind for those pieces to come through. Yeah. Okay. Really interesting. And it's really fascinating because as we speak, like I personally have kind of let go of the meditation. I, but I do lean into more breath, like active utilization of breath. And then from that place, drop into the body so that I'm still because I have a tendency, especially during different phases, seasons of my life. There are some times when meditating is so easy. It's like, oh, my God, everything's amazing. I can just like fully relax and sit down. Whereas there are other times where it's really not. And like I need to use other practices to drop in. And so I think there's also that like, does it have to just be meditation or can it just be something that drops you out of your head and into the, in, into what's really relevant and prevalent in your body? I feel like, you know, there is no hard and fast rules yeah. as always. Like, and that's again, part of why I love talking to Laura. She's one of those people that has that permission, Aquarius life. Um, <laughs> for, for me, I feel the reason I say start with a meditation practice where you still the mind is that is that degree of discipline. Ah, I see it's like it's that foundational piece it's like you know when you start in business you're going to post online every day it's just like that piece of showing up showing up showing up 
And like I had this, you know, again, toilet download, like where you're sitting there and you're not really thinking about anything. And then all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, like meditation is essentially like a metaphor for life. How quickly our attention can be diverted. It's like, you know, oh yeah, maybe I am focusing on posting every day. And then all of a sudden I have a week where I'm not. It's like, okay, can it be a meditative practice to come back to your business? Mm. It's like just that simple practice of back to the breath, that single rep of like bringing your attention back bring your attention back. Yeah. So I feel that that as a foundation is a bit of a non-negotiable. And then once you have that down, explore. Okay. I Work with what mean. feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. So starting with that, then leading, leading into, yeah, the tarot. Okay. Amazing. And then from that place, you would then suggest obviously working with someone like yourself or, you know, somebody who is practiced in that as well. in terms of like, like anything in the coaching world, like it's one of those pieces where it's like a best kept secret. Nobody needs a coach. Yes. And like, you know, most coaches know we don't need a coach. However, the thing is, if you want a coach, get a coach because coaches are speed. Essentially, when you pay, you invest in yourself with someone, energetically, you're opening yourself, you're opening up a container to receive that information with more ease and speed. And it's also a sign, if you believe in the idea of science of the universe, that this is something you're committed to. Mm. So those are the advantages of having a coach. The other side of it is you get to inherit uh, the wisdom of your coach's mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I also, with, with that, this, this question's coming through, which like, I understand the concept of this, but a few years ago, I wouldn't have, right? I remember there's so much stigma surrounding the idea and the practice of magic. And so with the stigma, because I, I even sometimes like if I scroll on TikTok, you can see things where the in, it feels like the intention's dark, right? Sometimes mm. around, surrounding magic. Obviously, I've never felt that with you, um, but I have seen that be prevalent and be expressed as well when it comes to like dark magic or black magic or however you kind of want to talk about it how how do I describe it it's it's tricky to describe the, the question that wants to come through but like how would you describe that to someone so that a the fear is not necessarily there and it's not as prevalent but B, they can also feel called to lean into the utilization of magic without feeling like they're going to be swept up into something that's dark and demonic and nasty. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Because, and that's another reason why uh, I speak to the idea of working with the tarot first and foremost, because Mm -hmm. that actually gives you a form of temperature check. It's like almost like having a bomb app. It's like, you know, if you are going to want to plan an event for Saturday, you open the bomb app and it's like, well, it's likely to be raining. It's like, well, maybe I won't have a picnic outside. Yeah. Once you start learning with the tarot, you are actually starting to get a temperature gauge on your rituals. It's like, okay, well, if I'm going to perform X ritual, what's the likely outcome? Because intention is huge. And there is also accidental black magic, not to freak everyone out. Yeah. It's that idea of sometimes when we we create a ritual to manifest something, um, if we aren't checking the ecology of the situation, sometimes things can happen that they kind of backfire. Like I'll always remember I performed this ritual to manifest a new client and it worked and then she was an absolute nightmare. Mm. And what did I not do? I didn't do a temperature check. So that piece is like one aside in terms of why learning the tarot is a really fundamental tool. But I think more what Laura is speaking to specifically is this concept of intent. Yeah. 
It's like, I think if you are going into something with a clean and conscious intent to it, for it to be for the good of all concerned, yeah, that is the piece that anchors the ritual and the practice with love and and light for want of a better way to put it as opposed to something that is intended to cause harm if you're attempting to pull energy away from somebody or to take energy that doesn't belong to you that is when you start to feel that I guess more dark energetic imprint and I've seen that happen with um people trying to download someone's codes without permission Mm. Right. And then that, and then also on top of that, like even something as basic as, and then I knew this stuff years ago and I don't know how I knew this, but I did where I'd had clients who were like, I'm calling in this partner. I want to call them back. And I was like, no, that's not how we play. <laughs> we don't play with that. That's, that's some nasty stuff that can come through with that. And in the sense of like, you know, we don't want to call thing. We don't want, we don't want to lean into taking away someone's free will. And yes. utilization of someone's name without permission, we do not want to be doing that. And there is reasons for separation. And so, like, I think that is there any ways to kind of like, obviously, there's using the tarot, which can really give you an indication of like, okay, how is this going to land? What's the outcome of this? Is you know, and 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 playing with this idea of like, okay, this is if this is for the highest good of all, like, let's lean into that. Which I really love that practice. Um. Is there anything else that you would suggest that would be like, okay, just like stay away from using people's like full names or something or like just or like is there any kind of thing that you're like, mm, probably not the best way of going about it? <laughs> I think you really touched on it in essence um, when you mentioned about the idea of, of bending will. Mm. If you are intending to manipulate someone's conscious choice, that's just a big red flag. Mm. It's like anything that involves like in terms of, Say, for example, you were to perform a ritual to manifest a client Mm -hmm. or to manifest a partner. In essence, we're wanting to get super specific about the qualities of the person, Mm -hmm. not a specific person. Yes, 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 yes. So maybe, lo and behold, you know, you may be able to attract in uh, who's hot right now. I don't know. I I really am obsessed with Killian Murphy. So we'll go with Killian Murphy. Maybe you will end up with Killian Murphy. However, if you're going to use black magic to evoke I, I use the term black magic because black magic means bending someone else's will mm-hmm. to invoke somebody. It's like it's that um, basic principle of magic is that idea of cause and effect. Mm-hmm. So if you are intentionally creating manipulation of someone's consciousness, expect to have a ripple effect from that. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wish that that was kind of like taught Again, like I've seen, I've seen this happen with like basic manifestation where, cause some of the practices, like I know some of the rituals around magic, they can actually, the line's very thin, <laughs> like in terms of manifestation and goal setting and magic, like the line can be very thin. It's like slight tweaks and changes. Sometimes there's obviously a lot of different rituals that are a lot more in depth. Right. And I, and I totally know that, but I've seen stuff where I'm like, you, you've gotten me to do things that I've been like, wow, I've gotten clients to do this in a different way before not realizing it was the practice of magic. Um, and so, and so like the line can be very, very thin. And I wish that these sorts of things were also taught and people knew about the free will side of it. Um, and I'm always like, let's just make it about you and not about anybody else, right? Like if you're calling someone in, it cannot be a specific person because when it comes down to a specific person, it is, it's likely that they have not given you permission for that. 
Hugely. And like, even if we go back to that idea of magic being about you sounding out your home note, right? And like, that's all of our soul's purpose is to sound out our unique note in the symphony. It'd be like you going over and grabbing somebody else's violin bow and trying to manipulate it to make it your note. Mm -hmm. It's like suddenly you are actually bending their soul's purpose and trying to manipulate the sound that they're here to make. Like suddenly the symphony also sounds like crap, right? Um, So I feel that that's a really simple way to look at it. Like if I can... If I'm creating a ritual to draw things together in a way that is harmonious, that serves the highest good as in the expression of both of our unique souls, great. We all, the the symphony sounds better. The music is great. There is chemistry, there is magnetism, Mm. there is beauty. And I think, you know, when you mentioned before about working with a mentor, it is just about being able to see these blind spots. It's like, oh, okay, I didn't realize that that would be a thing. Because a lot of people don't even realize that NLP can be a form of low-grade black magic. Oh, my God. Like full-on deep manipulation yeah fully dark psychology tactics yeah yeah so that's a piece of like you know even when you're learning nlp make sure you're working with someone that is in integrity and has your highest good and you know your home note in in their heart when they're working with you absolutely and i feel like that's hard to decipher it's hard to decipher Mm. because i think that that some of the conversation around the industry is like okay where there is like a massive repellent right like you're deeply repelled by a coach that's where the invitation is to lean in and I actually tend to disagree now because I have noticed myself where there has been this like deep yuck this doesn't feel safe to me and then have then tried to make it work within my model of the world I've actually felt more disorientated than ever it's a really interesting conversation to like lean into of like actually your people will call you and you'll feel the pull and it doesn't necessarily need to be a, like absolutely can't stand this person. Like trigger being triggered by somebody but intrigued is different to like repulsed. And that's that piece where I mentioned before about developing a relationship with their intuition. It's like, yeah. you know, that piece before where if you can sit and and have your practices, like, you know, with Laura's like the queen of bloody epic journal questions, like have those periods of self-reflection where you, you know, take it to the mirror. It's like, is this me? And empty all of those things out and then honestly ask yourself, like, what is here for me? Mm. Like, is this something that is for me to pursue or is this something that I'm actually being stern away, like steered away from? And if you are in the spiritual space and have that concept of, you know, yes, we are all one. Yes, we are unified. We all come from the same place. However, there there is, like you mentioned before, like the division for a reason. And like I said, if everyone was playing a flute, there wouldn't be a symphony. Yeah. Maybe you're not meant to go play with the flute people. Like maybe you are meant to just be stuck in the string section and that is actually where you're meant to thrive and flourish. Yeah, it's so interesting. And it, and I I really like the, int- the interesting piece around like the NLP – because some of it can be so dark and it's just about, yeah, the intention around how you're using it. And, and people can feel that as well. If, if, you, if you're tuned in enough, you can sense it, you can feel it. And I love this word of like manipulation and I see manipulation being used in such a fascinating way surrounding marketing. And I'm a firm believer that we are manipulating people all the time right? Like anytime I'm marketing something, there is an element of manipulation there, but only really for, again, in my, with my intention, it's like for the highest good of all and any form of content that I produce, it's like, even if you never purchase from me, you gain so much out of just seeing my work, just seeing my stories, just listening to my podcasts. Like you will gain so much just from that experience. But how do you kind of grapple with this idea of like, 
but marketing is a form of manipulation yet it is good like how do you kind of grapple with that because that that's been like something where I've gone how how do we do that (laughs) in the past I'm a lot more calm about it now but yeah and I think that that is also a piece as you evolve and you and you know the word scale is one of those ones that I'm working through my system at the moment but as you scale your business there is going to be certain things that are done differently to create Mm a wider reach as well so that that question of of ethics and manipulation and marketing and and delivery even it's something that I feel as you grow as a business person is invited into scrutiny and revision and I think that's a healthy expression to have um in terms of manipulation we are constantly being manipulated it's like you know if it's cold today you're being manipulated by the weather to put the sweater on yeah if it is you know you're hungry oh you're being manipulated to go and 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 have some food so when we're we're marketing essentially what we're actually doing is we're inviting people into a solution it's like okay you have this this existing pain or this existing problem and the manipulation is you being aware that there is a solution it's like suddenly it's like oh the manipulation is that i have an option Mm, okay i really like that because that sounds like yeah invitation and influence which is a different word, but I think manipulation, the word gets a really bad rap. But I I also think like it's a really, it's a really fascinating word because again, like I know you and I have this same way of viewing coaching and containers, but I don't know that like I don't know that all hold this. But if you do have a problem, there is always a solution. We might have codes, we might have a way to help you find that way faster. And if you were to do it on your own, but if you're experiencing the problem, the solution is in your reach anyway. And I think that's yeah. where like uh, the highest good of all, highest good of all, highest good of all. So I think like even that piece right now, it's sort of just like unraveling as we speak. <laughs> like, you know, those who get really worried about being manipulative um, with the way that they're marketing, it's about intention. And I even say this because I was playing around last year around like incremental price raises and like having quite steep price rises um, with different programs and different offerings. And I tried it on because I like to try everything on. It didn't feel good to me. So I just stopped doing it. Right. But at the time, the intention was really clear, very grounded. And it was really about serving. It was for the highest Mm. good of all. Right. And so like, I really do stand by those decisions that I made because I know it was powerful, but I don't want to do it again. I do want a price raise like early birds and that kind of stuff, but I don't know if I'll do that again at the moment. So it's really fascinating in that way. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the piece before inviting curiosity. It's like, Mm. you know, if I was to practice this, to try it on, like, you know, what facet of self is being revealed here? It's like, you know, Hey, it may be rising your prices, Maybe it's actually looking into astrology. Whatever it is, there is going to be facets of self that are revealed and experienced when you depart from your standard way of being. Yeah. You're allowing yourself to be manipulated by a new experience. You're being shaped. You're being formed. Because, like, whenever I hear the word manipulate, I get the most delicious visual of someone, like, at a potter's wheel, like, crafting a vase (laughs) of manipulating the clay. It's, like, it's how we shape ourselves. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know trying things on it's another form of like okay and you know maybe I'm not a jazz pianist yeah yeah and I really love that concept of like 
with the business side of things, like looking at it through, you know, this beautiful big orchestra and like, and seeing it through the lens of like, yes, you're actually trying different instruments in your instrument, like the one that's most suited to you, you're going to have the biggest impact with, right? Of like, that's going to sound the best. It's going to influence the audience is going to get so much out of that. And there's just so many different people and so many different ways about going about things. So you, you really finding that expression through delivery like delivery like what is the delivery that is actually most attuned with their codes and how somebody wants to express themselves rather than hey this is how you need to do it because this is the only way and I want to ask a question because this is gonna be quite like a high level question so um I have been feeling this thing where I have sensed almost like (sighs) I don't know how to describe it this is gonna be very like woo woo but um, this feeling and this sense of people borrowing energy recently. I don't know if you can, you, you understand what I'm sort of saying, where it's like people have been almost borrowing codes and expressing themselves through someone else's part in the orchestra, like through, mm. you know, having similar marketing, same messaging, same everything, right? And for some people, obviously that is their expression. So that works, right? It's not actually borrowed, it's an activation. But for those who it's not, borrow like so for those who it's not an activation into their part of where they're meant to be playing what happens with that borrowed those borrowed codes that are not necessarily unique to themselves like what happens with that and why is it so important that we find our own it's an interesting piece because I was like I was speaking to before about when I started this business Mm -hmm. I went in with the attitude of like well you know I know how to scale a business I've done it Um, I've worked in successful businesses I've managed successful businesses like you know, I've done this. And there was this piece in me that was just like, "Mm, yes. And there is something in me that, and this is a piece when you're talking about the symphony and that and finding your unique instrument. It's also the part that brings you the most pleasure. It's like, I really invite, like, you know, if I love playing the violin, like I'm going to own that violin and it's going to sound great. So Uh that's also kind of what we're looking for is like that piece around when I'm in this zone, like, and that's when it says it feels great. Sometimes it's also uncomfortable. Yes. Because it's like, I love learning guitar. And guess what? There is a bunch of stuff that I'm still really shit at playing, but predominantly I love playing guitar. Mm. So it's like being able to be comfortable with the discomfort of stretching into your edges, but also understanding if something keeps calling you there and underlying that discomfort is actually a deep pleasure. That's usually a sign that you're, you're on your instrument. Um, and in terms of people borrowing other people's energy, I often feel that it is that seeking. It's like, I haven't found my instrument yet. This person looks really proficient at their instrument. Right. Let me try it on. Mm. Like, let me see what it's like to, to play this instrument this way. And generally what will happen is, you know, their, their results will be subpar because it's not theirs to, to play, but it's also it, it feels discordant. It's like, you know, somebody just coming along beside you and just jamming on some notes on the piano. It's just like, it doesn't, you, it won't be something that vibrates right in your cells. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. So like you will sense that in inside of you. I think it's both. You People will sense it outside. Like even if I, to speak brutally, honestly, like last year I had a period of time where, you know, and I think this, um, again, to our previous conversation, we're always being initiated into things. Mm. It's like that idea of like when we are looking to create something new within our business or potentially something that's never been created before, depending on what your level of innovation is, we're often looking for maps and models. It's just like, okay, who has done this before? Who's done this well? 
Mm. Um, and you know, you'll try things on. Like I had a period last year where I thought there was a specific formula that I needed to follow to get a specific result in terms of my business. And it sucked. It sucked the life out of me. It sucked the life out of what I was doing. Um, so it's also that ability to kind of be like, okay, I tried it and it's also not for me. Yeah. I love that. And the openness to like play with that because there's obviously so much like, you know, it's it's interesting because there's so much of a pull that invites us into playing a different instrument or like leaning into a different way of doing. Yeah. And like oftentimes, sometimes that message is just loud and clear of like, actually, no, the other way was more you. It's like, it's funny. It's like, I feel like, you know, I was maybe playing a violin before, but now I've just got a really big cello. It's just like, yeah, I've, I've upgraded because I had to go and try the other thing on It's like, well, actually, no, I've come back and I've understood why I was playing strings to begin with. Yeah. That's why, you know, the punk rock priestess feels aligned right now because it's like, well, heck, like if I'm really going to go all in on this and this is what feels most alive in my cells and in my body, like, can I lean into that? Mm. And it did take me losing, losing myself to get back to myself. Yeah. And do you want to speak a little bit about losing yourself to get back to yourself and your kind of journey with that? The ironic thing, and like, this is the part that I always like, when I sit back and I have a little bit of an eye roll and I'm, I'm working through it, you know, I'm human, but I literally did my tarot cards and asked the likely outcome of me doing it. And the tarot cards were like, no, it was, it was hilarious. It was like, don't do this. And I'm just like, it's okay. I'll get it a shot at anyway. So like in the way, like, yes, I had the warning sign and I proceeded. So it was, it was hilarious in that respect that, you know, as much as we can sometimes have really great data, we choose to ignore the data. Um, so it was very much a journey of me kind of losing my sense of connection with, with the very thing that I teach, which is really, really funny. Because for me, I my deepest desire is for the person to be a clear channel for their soul's expression and for their business to be a vehicle of that. Mm. Yeah. So for me to feel like I had completely undermined my connection with that um, and to kind of be feeling like I was adrift and lost at sea. Right. And I think what it was is that it was very much there is the only one way to get to that place. Yeah. It was the, the dogma that I'd kind of bought into. It's like if you want to get here, that is the path. That okay. is the only path. You cannot have another path. So yeah. I'm like, well, I desire the result. Like I desire to reach more people with like I have my own certification program. I went through um, the process of getting that all certified with IICT last year. I'm like, this modality is incredible. I wanted to reach more people. How do I create a business that does that? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, okay, we can have a business that does that, but that means you're going to have to give up this, 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 and this, and you're going to have to do it this way. Oh God. So that was very much me kind of like, oh, how much of this is just me, my, my shadow? It's like, yeah. how much of this is just me sabotaging? How much of this is me just being stubborn? Mm. Um, so taking that to the mirror again and again, and, you know, at the end of it, I was just like, I felt like I knew nothing, felt like I wasn't sure of where I was going. So it was just like a very big pause moment for me of just kind of like, what am I doing? What do I want to do? What is yep. actually most true for me? And there was like a sense of, of allowing it all to dissolve to a point that I could actually quite clearly see what was being asked. Yeah. And that process was bloody uncomfortable. And I'm also is. deeply grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It always it was is. in that, oh, you know, that's what I mean. I love when people come around and like flirt around ego deaths. I'm like, mate. It's like ego deaths has now just become like something you do on a Friday. I'm just like, no, we're not going to get out of this in the 24-hour turnaround team. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some things like, you know, I'm a firm believer that there are major shifts and major changes that can happen. Like I've had clients where they have major breakthroughs that have been kind of brewing for five years and we do one session together and immediately things have lifted and it's shifted and, and it's a massive change. But I, I also do agree that some things do need and do require an unfurling. And if you're not willing to unfurl, um, that can be pretty catastrophic for your soul. Um, and for how you oh, feel hugely so and I've done I've done that where I've been like no no no, everything has to be fast um and been so uncomfortable around the unfurling that you know I've suffered the consequences of it for sure yeah definitely and like what you were saying before 100% these things can shift rapidly yes and in that instant instance I would almost say that that was a five-year ego death that finally it got what it needed to be resolved yeah yeah. So like, you know, often these things are brewing under the surface and maybe they're only brought into our consciousness and resolve so quickly, but you can virtually feel the tendrils of how these things have had their reach in our lives. Mm. And it's like, it's been that process to get to that point, to have that conversation with you to resolve it, mm-hmm. that I would still cast as that, you know, dark night of the soul. But sometimes if you are deeply aware and like the dark night of the soul is like pressing against your cheek the whole time, that's, I think, where that unfurling feels a lot more... Um, I guess, painful in some respects, Yeah, depending on how hard you resist it. Oh, yeah. I just deep dive nowadays. <laughs> I'm just like, anytime I feel it, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. Um, if you would like to leave anything with everyone listening to this podcast, um, just surrounding like magic and their expression surrounding business, what is the one thing that you feel like would be most prevalent and most important to leave people with? There is a million ways to make money. If you are in business, make sure it's for you. Mm. Make sure business is the way you want to make money. Make sure your business is for you. Yes. Because from that place, you have the overflow to serve. And it's from a clean place because you will be serving people from an integrated way of actually wanting to see them rise too. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, Mm. amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for coming onto the podcast and for for sharing all this beautiful wisdom and magic. I feel like I've learned a lot too, um, (laughs) which is awesome, which is exactly what we want. I would love to let people know where they can find you, where they can reach you, how they can work with you and learn about your work even deeper. So best place to find me is probably Instagram and my handle is at the Jessica Ann. Jessica is spelled with a C and a K like magic and um, A-N-N-E for Ann. Beautiful. Fantastic. Fantastic. And do you have any offerings coming up or certifications or anything that people would be able to lean into if they're feeling the pull? So if you are someone that is deeply feeling the call to this idea of business on your own terms and igniting that full business turn on, I have a mastermind container coming up in the next six weeks, which is called Arcana. And it is based on the idea of the intersection of a mystery school and a business mastermind. So it's all about integrating the practical and the spiritual for real world results. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for sharing and for all of your wisdom and your magic. I feel so grounded and like calm after that conversation, which is really delicious. I feel like you just have that ability to create such a calm 
safe space. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, and you guys know where to check Jess out. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and I'll see you next week. Bye.